0: Open your Bibles, if you would, to the Book of Matthew, chapter number five. Matthew chapter number five, and we'll be in verse number eight in just a moment. The title of today's lesson: Tonight's message is the pure in heart. Uh, let me ask you a question: uh, Would you like to see God? I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not telling you something that's impossible. Uh, I'm telling you something that's very possible. Uh, that you can see God. Uh, would you like to see God? Uh, I, I have to tell you that that, that just blows me away. Uh, I, I know that I am, I am uh, uh, what I am and, and yet I, I can see God. Uh, I, I, I am finite uh, and God is infinite. Uh, and still, I can see God. Uh, I want to show you uh, what the Bible says about seeing God. Uh, we continue today at Matthew chapter 5 and in the Beatitudes and, uh, and, and, and how we can see God. Um, stand with me if you, if you can uh, to, uh, as we read the passage of Scripture uh, from the Word of God. Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you Lord for this day. We thank you Lord for the blessings that you have given us and thank you for all you do for us and for this message dear Lord that we could examine our own lives and our hearts and see if it's in line with where you would have us to be and And dear Lord, with the promise of hope of one day that we will see you. It's what a wonderful blessing from from your word today as we examine this passage of scripture. Dear Lord, I pray that you would just be with us. That we would just uh, uh, open our hearts and our minds to hear from you today. Thank you for all you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. What a wonderful thought. The the thought that we would someday see God. Notice what the qualification that Jesus gives us. Uh, Blessed are the pure in heart. There is the key. There is the key to the whole verse. If you will ever see God, you must be pure in heart. Uh, Remember that Jesus has... uh, has his disciples around him, and there are Pharisees and Sadducees and and religious uh, leaders in the in the group, and and Jesus is laying out the basics uh, of of his kingdom. Uh, he is saying, if you want to be in my kingdom, there there is this the character that you must have. Uh, you you must have this this character. Uh, if you want to be in my kingdom, you must be pure. In heart, he's dealing with character in this passage of scripture. This particular beatitude deals with integrity. Uh, today in America, we're facing an, an integrity crisis. Uh, we, we've had Watergate, we've had Iran Gate, we've had Benghazi Gate, and now we're dealing with Russia Gate. Most people believe that these scandals are due to a lack of integrity in our government. Uh, and, and They are, they are uh, not the only institution uh, that is suffering from the lack of integrity. Uh, uh, sometimes churches suffer uh, from the lack of integri- integrity. Some people uh, don't deal with one another according to biblical principles. Uh, and, and when the truth is told, when biblical character is not demonstrated... Uh, they, they they demonstrate a lack of, of integrity. The government and the church are not the only two institutions suffering from the lack of integrity. Uh, sometimes a home suffers uh, from the lack of integrity. There can be deception between a husband and wife. Institutions cannot survive without integrity. Uh, we need a big a big dose of integrity in the United States today. Jesus is dealing with The pure in heart. As he talks about this in the presence of the religious leaders of his day. Uh, They consider themselves to be pure. Uh, They they consider themselves to be holy. Uh, In fact, they consider themselves to be holier than you. Uh, If they they didn't believe that they were holy, just ask them. Uh, They acknowledged it. They are a lot like some Baptist people that I know today. (laughs) Uh, They think that they're a little bit higher up on the ladder than everybody else. Uh, They think that they have the Christian life mastered. uh, And they have all the answers. Temptation is never a problem with them. And they look down their nose at everyone else who doesn't meet their standard. Uh, But Jesus... Uh, said, it is not being conformed to rules and rituals, it is purity in heart. It's one thing to keep rules, it's another thing to have a, be pure in heart. My concern today is, is not how good of a rule keeper you are. My concern is, do you have a pure heart? And, and, and are we honest enough to answer that question today? That, that in my heart... Not just what people hear me say and not what people hear, uh, see in me. Uh, but there is a purity in my heart. Uh, am I pure in heart is the question. Are you uh, you can be a member of a Baptist church. and You can keep all the rules of man, uh, uh, man that you want to keep. But that won't guarantee you that one day you will see God. Uh, On the other hand, you can fail more times uh, than can be remembered. But if you have a pure heart, someday you will see God. So what is Jesus talking about when he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There are three things I want us to see today from this passage of Scripture. First of all, I want us to look at the principle of a pure heart. What does it mean to have a pure heart? The word pure here uh, means to be made clean. Uh, Here Jesus says those who have been cleansed, those who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, they can be sure that one day they will see God. Uh, This word in the New Testament time was used in many different ways. It was used to describe wine that had, been, had no water added to it. It was used to describe grain that had, had been sifted. The, 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 the husk had been, had been blown away and, and what was left was the pure grain of the, of the wheat. Uh, it, uh, it was used of milk that had not been diluted. It was used to describe metals that, that didn't have any alloy in it. Uh, It was used to speak of things that were genuine, things that were pure. Uh, What Jesus is saying here is that if you want to see the face of God, then you have have to have a life that is free from impurities, that is single-minded, that is devoted only to God. This is summarized in in chapter 6 of the book of Matthew, we'll get over there, when he says no man can serve two masters. Uh, you'll love one and hate the other. Uh, Jesus is saying if your heart is not mixed, if there's no trash, if there's no garbage, uh, there's no junk from the world in your heart, then you are pure in heart. You can't hold on to the world with one hand and hold on to God with the other, uh, with the other hand. You're going to have to, to, to leave one and love the other. Uh, you can't have two masters, is what it says. They can't have an affair. You can't have an affair with the world and be married to Christ. Uh, we, it, it just won't work. We will be torn and divided. Uh, we, when, when we are torn and divided, then we then we don't have a pure heart. Uh, in Psalm twenty four, verse three, the psalmist understood says, "Who shall ascend into the whole to the hill of the Lord?" Who, who will, will have the, uh, the privilege of ascending to the hill of the Lord? And, and who shall stand in his holy place? Who can say with assurance, I'm going to one day be in the presence of God? Who can do that? Well, who has the right to say that I, I, I belong in the very presence of God? Who can say this? Well, verse 4 of that psalm says, he that hath clean hands and a pure heart—that's what the psalmist said. James talks about this uh, this attitude of loving God and loving the world. In James chapter four and verse four, he says, "Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the wor- of the world is enmity with God?" James is reminding us that we can't be friends with the world Monday through Saturday and on Sunday morning become friends with God. Uh, one of the greatest problems that we face in Christianity today is that we have segmented our lives. We have these different categories in our life. We, we have our home life. We have uh, our church life. We have our work life. And our, we have our recreational life. That is not found in the word of God. You have one life, and it is all His. There's no such thing as your secular life and your sacred life. When Jesus is Lord, it's all sacred. It's all sacred. James said that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. And then in verse 8, he says that this is how you get it right. He says, draw nigh to God... And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands. Ye sinners. Now notice this one. And purify your hearts. Ye double minded. The purifying factor. From the blood of Jesus Christ. Cleanses us. And purifies us. It's the blood of Jesus. That allows us. To come into his presence. Over in the book of Acts. Chapter 13. There was a man. That was mentioned, that was a man after God's own heart. David. David. But we know the life of David. We know some of the things that went on in his life. One time he pretended to be insane. Uh, back in 1 Samuel chapter 21. It's describing David at one particular instance. It said, and he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands. He, he scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. He was acting like a, a crazy man. He was a man after God's own heart.
1: He ate bread off
0: the table of showbread in the, in, in the tabernacle, and he wasn't a priest. He looked, he lusted and committed adultery with the beautiful Bathsheba. He plotted and planned a way to commit the murder of her husband. If we if he were here today and would walk down the aisle of this church wanting looking for church membership, knowing all that we know about him, we wouldn't he wouldn't be received. Yet the Bible says he was a man after his own heart. We wouldn't say that about him, would we? We wouldn't say that he would be a man after God's own. We would look at his life and all all he did here and all he did there and all of his failures and all of his mistakes. And we wouldn't say David is a man after God's own heart. But God said he was. How can this be that, that David was a man after God's own heart it, it, because David was a man that was willing to confess his sin Amen. and to get it right with God Amen. that made the difference he was a man that realized that he was a sinner are you there yet? are you there yet that you would realize that you are a sinner that you don't you don't have it all mastered you've got it all. Uh, are, you, are you there yet? Uh, he, he was willing to, uh, to confess his, his sins with God. Having a pure heart doesn't mean a sinless heart. <clears throat> He's not calling us to, to have a life that, is, that lives above sin. He is calling us to live a life committed to Him. When we do sin, and we put that sin under the blood of Jesus Christ... We confess our sins, and He forgives us our sins and renews a pure heart in us. He renews it. The second thing I want us to see today is the problem of a pure heart. How many of you today understand that we don't have pure hearts? Uh, Sometimes we say things like, uh, she, she has such a good heart. Uh, or, or we say things like, I know my heart. We say these things. Have you ever said that? Uh, let's look at the book of Jeremiah. Turn with me if you would the book of Jeremiah. We'll look at that chapter 17. Uh, book of Jeremiah chapter 17. I want us to see what the Bible says about the heart of man. Jesus said, I'm not interested in, in conforming on the outside of a person. It's not about conforming to the laws of man. It's not about how tall you are, how beautiful you are, how how handsome you are, and, and can I say this? You know, it's not about tattoos and piercing either. Uh, I, I don't I don't like them, but I don't criticize those who have them. Look, it's, I, I don't like coloring my hair. I don't like uh, 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 painting my fingernails and toenails. And, and I don't like putting makeup on either, but I don't criticize those others that, that do those things. It's, you know, just as a little side note, <laughs> uh, it's not about the externals. Jesus said it's about the heart, it's about the heart. Uh, blessed are the pure in heart. When the Bible speaks about the heart, He's not talking about uh, that muscle on your in your chest that pumps blood through your veins. Uh, when the Bible talks about the heart, it, it is speaking of the totality of our built being, it, 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 or from our, our heart, or is our emotions, but it is more than that. It is also where the will of man is. The heart is where he, where is who you are. It determines what you say. It determines what you do. The heart determines whether you are a person of character or not. The heart determines who you are. Mm -hmm. This is why Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. You know what? The thief's problem is not his hand. It's his heart. The liar's problem is not his tongue. It's his heart. The problem is all of us uh, that have is a problem of the heart. The heart of the problem of the human race is the problem of the heart. Why is this so difficult? Well, look with me in Jeremiah chapter 13. Uh, Let's look at verse number 9. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Uh, You may ask the question. If I I don't know my heart. Who does? Who who does know know my heart? I I think I'm qualified to say. If I know my heart. Uh, I I think I can tell you. What's in my heart. God's word says no you can't. Uh, You you can't know it. Uh, The heart is deceitful. Above all things. It is deceitful wicked. Who can know it? It says the heart is wicked. The heart is sick. It's diseased. It it has been diseased by sin. It is against God. Man doesn't need a pill for the heart. He, He doesn't need medicine for the heart. What he needs is a heart transplant. Yet all over people are trying to take a little dose of church on Sunday a little dose of church on Wednesday night to fix their heart.
1: But there may be
0: some here today that would say I've had a bad week. I, I, I think I'm going to go take a dose of medicine for your heart. And, and you come to church. I hate to tell you, but 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 you have a deeper problem than medicine can fix. Uh, what you need is a transplant of the heart. Amen. You need a transplant. And, and, I, and, and, and I can't give you that. I, but I can point you to the person who can give you a heart transplant. Isn't it curious that people that, come, that become content by just having their symptoms treated rather than to have a new heart? So Jeremiah says about the heart, first of all, that it is diseased. It's, it, the second thing he says, it is deceitful and above all. It, it is more deceitful than everything else. Your heart can lead you down the wrong road. Sometimes we say things like, follow your heart. That's bad advice. When our heart is left to itself, when our heart is not influenced by God, when our heart is not influenced by the Word of God, not influenced by the Spirit of God, the worst thing we can say to anybody is, follow your heart. Following your heart can lead you to hell. Don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Your heart will deceive you. But look at the the diagnosis in verse number 10. Uh, I the Lord search the heart. I I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways. And according to the fruit of his doings. God gives his diagnosis. uh, This is the conclusion that I have come to. After all the test results come in. uh, He comes to us and says. Here's what I found your heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. It'll lead you to hell. It'll lead you down the wrong road. Uh, There's no hope. We can't do surgery on it. There's no medicine that can help you. There is only one thing that, that we can do. And I'm going to show you what that one thing is. Look at chapter 17 and verse 14. It says, Heal me, O Lord and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. We need a healer. We, we need somebody that can help us in a way that we can't help ourselves. That's the Lord Jesus. If we look over in chapter 24, verse 7, where Jeremiah says, and I will give them a heart to know me, that I am the Lord, And they shall be my people. And I will be their God. God God said, I'm going to give them a new heart. You need a new heart. And God said, I'm going to give you a new heart. You need a new heart. And God's going to give it to you. If you will believe in the Lord Jesus. If you will receive the gift of eternal life. God will give you a new heart. So the principle of the pure heart is it must be clean. And it represents all that we are. And and the the problem of a pure heart is is our heart deceives us. It it leads us in the wrong direction. uh, And and we need a new heart. uh, And God is willing to give us that new heart. Do you have one? Would you like to receive it? The the third thing I'd like to see, uh, like us, look at, is the promise of a pure heart. The promise of a pure heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They shall see God. I I have to admit that I had to scratch my head on this clause. First of all, I want us to look at the word they. It, it, It literally means they and they only. Uh, It's only those, they that have a pure heart and no one else will see God. Uh, That's what it's saying. But here's my problem with this verse. You remember back in the Old Testament when Moses asked, when he was talking to God, he said, show me thy glory. And and, and God's response, uh, he says, and he said, thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. Uh, so, you know, how do we, how do we reconcile this? Uh, but, but here it says, they shall see God. Uh, Jesus said that no man has seen the Father. But, he says, but here he says, they shall see God. Uh, why was Moses' request denied? And, and why would Paul say to Timothy that God who who only hath immortality dwelleth in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see. You you come into the presence of God, uh, you can't come into the presence of God, you would be consumed by the glory of God. He dwells in unapproachable light. Yet the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they and they only shall see God. This is what I believe. And I don't have all the details worked out. But this is what I believe. I believe we will see the Lord Jesus Christ. When we look at Hebrews. The first few verses of that book. It talks about God. It starts off God. Who at sun-dried times and in divers manners spake. In time past unto the fathers by the prophets. I'll give you a little background. Verse 2. Hath in these last days. Spoken unto us by his son, Jesus, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the world. Jesus, who who was the heir of all things and the one who made the world. Verse number three, notice this. (laughs) Who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. And upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Face to face with Christ my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? When with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ, who died for me. Face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all His glory, I shall see Him by and by. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Notice that word shall. It implies the future, in the age to come. And we know that we're going to see Him face to face when we are in glory with Him. What about now? What about now? Can we see God now? Is there any way that we can see Him? I'm going to show you a couple of ways how you can see God now. Uh, the, fir- the first, first way, uh, it, it, the first thing you need to understand that you must have a pure heart. The, the purer your heart is, the clearer your vision is going to be. Uh, the purer your heart, uh, the, no, the number one, first thing I want us to see is you, you see God in creation. Psalm 19 and 1. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. You have a pure heart. And it it's not divided between God and the world. It's not divided between God and money. It's not divided between God and pleasure. The purer, your heart is the, clear, uh, the purer your heart is the cleaner, the clearer you will see God through it. Through creation. Have you ever seen God in the sunrise? Some of you younger people. Have you ever seen God in the sunset? <laughs> uh, God is seen in the beauty, beauty of a flower. He's seen in the beautiful work of what he makes in this world. It's amazing how clear we see God when our heart is not full of the stuff of the world. Now, now we can could, we could see God... In creation, but but we can also see Him in circumstances. You ever seen God work in circumstance? Maybe you've had a problem. Uh, maybe it's a family issue. Uh, maybe people are fighting with one another, and then God comes along and starts working and helping everyone settle down. The, the problem gets worked out, and and it soon becomes a distant memory. You can look back and see the hand of God that has, was at work. You can see it in circumstances. But I've never seen God more clearly than when I open up His Word. Every time I open the book, I see the glory of God. Amen. And the purer my heart is, the clearer I see God in the Bible. In conclusion to this morning, I want to give you three things to take home with you. Three things to think about. First of all, be honest. Be honest about your heart's condition. Are you willing to say my heart is deceitful? Desperately wicked? I can't know it. I can't understand it. That's what God thinks about it. You, you may as well agree with Him. Because it's right. Be honest about your heart's condition. Number two. Acknowledge. Acknowledge that only God can make it right. Only God can make God can take that wicked, deceitful heart and make it pure. God can do that. And number three, saturate your heart with God's word. Let the word of God fill your heart. Let the word of God fill your heart, that your conversations during the week are influenced by the truths of the Bible. Let God work in your life. That, what would you say is the greatest desire of your life? What do you want the most? Is it to uh, get out of credit card debt? Uh, is it retiring early? Uh, is it, is it uh, does it mean for your football team to win the championship? What's the greatest desire you've ever had? I tell you my greatest desire of my heart. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Him in all of His glory. I want to see my Lord. I want to see the nail-scarred hands. The pierced sight. I want to see my Jesus. I want to see Him face to face. The Bible says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purified himself, even as he is pure. I want to ask you the question. Do you have a pure heart? Have you had an opportunity in your life where you have confessed your sins to God, believing in Him and Him only? Listen, you can believe in yourself all you want. That's not going to get you one, I started to say millimeter, one inch closer to heaven. You can't do it yourself. Not, not, there's not enough works in the world that's going to get you one inch closer. Yourself, You can't do it. You've got to let Him do it. Only He can do it. Uh, the medicine, coming to church, it's not going to help you. You need that heart transplant. God's promised to give you a new one. A pure heart. Do you have it? You can have it today. You can have it today if you'll just give your heart to Him. Let Confess your sins to Him and allow Him To give you a new heart. If the Lord spoke into your heart today, won't you come? It's the invitations given.